children's pastor, and as you can see today, I am not alone. This is my hubby, this is Jeff, or Reverend Jeffrey Hoyt, but as I like to call him, and me only, he is my Jethro. <laughs> We've been in ministry together. together since we've been married and um, we've never actually preached together. I have preached at him and he has preached at me, but we have never done this together, have we, Derek? No, no, this is interesting. <laughs> well, as you can tell already, we are very different. He is more sedate. I am not. Go ahead, Derek. Do you have something to say? What's that? <laughs> she let me talk? And I won't interrupt your story this time, I pray, I promise, really. We should try this at home sometime. <laughs> anyway, it is good to be here. And uh, it's been an interesting journey with Liz, and to be able to preach alongside of her. Interesting journey with her. See that? Nice. Well, that was a given. That was a given if they've gotten to know you at all. Um, we've been doing ministry for 21-some years together. Um, married 21 years ago ended up with uh, three beautiful young girls, and I think we've got a picture of them, if I'm not mistaken. So those are my girls. Uh, that was actually taken at King's Ice Cream one day when they were serving some wonderful food. Um, many of you this week are going to be sending your kids off maybe on a bus, maybe just to your little ones, and maybe for some of you it's their first day at kindergarten, their first day of grade one, and and you're going to be getting those pictures of them getting on the bus or those pictures of them standing at the front door with their little sign, you know, first day of grade one or whatever it is. We never really had those because Liz homeschooled. So it was kind of, you know, there's no shoving them out the door. It's like, okay, get in the kitchen and sit up the table and do your work. So, but what I do have, which some of you would have and some of you don't have, is the privilege of sending them off to university. And so last year we sent Emily off to university and this year we sent Lexi off to university. So we actually just got back from a trip where we went to South Carolina to drop Emily off at Southern Wesleyan University. Then we drove up to Indiana, because they don't have nursing in Southern Wesleyan, to drop Lexi off at Indiana Wesleyan University. And I'm just praying that in two years' time, Olivia doesn't decide to go to Oklahoma Wesleyan <laughs> University. We're going to have to talk about that uh, if she decides to, or I'm going to have to get a job at Air Canada just to get them home for Christmas sometimes. But anyway, it is, uh, it's a joy to to be here, uh, to talk with Liz here, to talk about our girls a little bit. Um, as I talk about our girls, and I can't help but do that just a little bit here, I have three teenage girls. Yes, three teenage girls. And as they were coming into my teenage years, somebody said to me, they said, the only thing worse you know, than three teenage girls might be three teenage boys, but they also said, the problem with teenage girls is that they're teenagers and that they're girls. So I've experienced that, but I definitely have nothing, to, uh, nothing bad to say about my teenage girls. I love them all to death, and uh, I think Lexi is probably watching online right now. I'm not sure if Emily is. Olivia should be here somewhere right now, inside here. But anyway, good to be here. I'll hand it back over to Liz. So we thought what we would do this morning is we would share three tidbits or three things that we think are extremely powerful in our family's life and that has made God the center of our family over the years. And we have felt God scripturally has told us to do these things. 
And our hope is that you too would choose to make Christ the center of your home and the center of your life. So we wanna take a look at these three different things and three specific things, essential things. And the first one is pretty simple. And it's something that has um, often some of us, no matter our age, can struggle with. And today I want to tell all of you, every single one of you, what I want to tell my kids every day is that you are special and utterly amazing. Mm. That you are special just the way you are, whether you're, you know, more sedate, well, I won't say boring, but, you know, sedate and even keel, or a little less so, right? You are special, you are amazing. And let me read from the message, because I love the version and how it says it, because it tells me in the Bible, in Psalm 139, 13 to 16, oh yes, you, God, shaped me first inside and then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. For those kids' wombs, mom's belly, when she's pregnant, right? And I thank you, hi God, you're body and soul, I am marvelously made, you are marvelously made, and I worship in adoration. What a creation. You know me inside and out, you know every bone in my body, you know exactly how I was made, and bit by bit, how I was sculpted from nothing into something. Like an open book, you watched me grow from conception to birth, all the stages All the stages of my life were spread out before me. The days of my life all prepared before I had even lived one day. So it says, I am his creation. You are his creative work. I am his masterpiece. Actually, do you know how the chefs, kids, do you know how the chefs go like this? Can you do that? Well, this is what God does. God says, you are my masterpiece. Can you guys do that? Do with me. God says, you are his masterpiece. Oh, one more time, because it's too fun. Because you are God's masterpiece. And I'm not just talking about those of you who think you have it all put together. I'm talking about all of us, because you are unique you are special. And look around you. Do you see anybody else like you? He, he created you special and unique in just the way you are. I want you to embrace who God has created you to be and realize that you are God's masterpiece. Because you are incredible. Because God created you in his image. As it says in Genesis 1.27, God created mankind in his own image, and the image of God he created. Male and female, he created them. So kids, you're going back to school, and you're going to be bombarded with people who are going to tell you that you're not good enough, that you should be like them, you should be doing this, and you should be doing that. But I want you to remember that you are unique and you are special just the way you are. But... Adults, guess what? 
You also are bombarded daily with social media and people who are doing things that you wish you could do. Or people at work expecting you to be somebody that you're not. Adults, you are even coming up against that stuff. And especially today, as school starts and we're headed back to school, remember that you are God's masterpiece. God knows you and God created you. God loves you for you. And I want you to celebrate, especially adults, when you celebrate who you are and the masterpiece that you are, we will influence the next generation to believe it too. So not just telling them that, but showing them that. So be proud of who you are, whether you're outgoing or you're shy, whether you're good at a desk job or you're good with working with your hands. Whether you're like Jethro or you're like Liz. We are all perfectly imperfect and don't let anyone, anyone tell you different. Because I love you for who you are. Your teachers love you for who you are. Your parents love you for who you are. But most of all, God loves all of you for who you are. Because we are what? God's masterpiece. That is such a powerful truth, Liz. The world continually wants to, in some way or another, tell us that we're really not that special. That somehow we're not important. And God wants to tell us today the exact opposite. That you are unique, you are special, and we are each an individual masterpiece. That's one of the things that God wants to tell us today, and one of the things that we felt we needed to tell you, because we all need to hear that. Jeremiah 29.11 tells us something a little different. You know the verse possibly. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Not only does God say that we're special, but he also says that he has a, a plan for us. A plan for us as individuals, a plan for you and a plan for me. This verse, Jeremiah 29 11, contains one of the greatest truths of the Bible. Yet many of us aren't quite sure we believe it. Do you believe he has a plan for you? You know, we've heard this verse many, many times and maybe heard it preached many times, but we still aren't quite convinced, some of us. It says, first of all, that God has a plan for us. A plan. And yet some of us are, today, I believe, aren't even convinced that God knows we exist. Some of us are convinced that God has somehow forgotten about us. When we don't feel God's presence, we sometimes believe that God has forgotten about us. When we don't get the answer to our prayers that we're looking for, we sometimes think that maybe God has forgotten about us. When our life is going completely sideways or when it's just not working out quite the way we would like, we allow ourselves sometimes to be deceived by the devil himself that tells us that somehow God must have forgotten about us. Well, I'm here today and Liz is here today 
to tell you that God has not forgotten about you. No matter what you think right now, or even how you feel right now, let us declare today that God has not forgotten about us. God has told us this in, told us this in Scripture, and history has proven this over and over again. Our lives together has proven that God hasn't forgotten about us. And we want to remind you as individuals today that God has not forgotten about you either. And not only has he not forgotten about you, he has a plan for you. A plan for your life. Can you believe that? I know some of you right now, I can, I can almost feel it, that some of you are going, I don't think so. I've heard that before. I've heard it preached but my life just doesn't seem to have any, anything like that involved. It doesn't seem to have a God kind of at the head of it, guiding things in any way. But he does have a plan for your life, and he's got a good plan for your life. He's got the best plan for your life. And I promise you it's a way better plan than we can ever come up with on our own. Years ago when I was living apart from the Lord, when I was living far, far from God, I thought I had the best plan for my life. I thought I had things all figured out on my own. That was until my life became unraveled by the very things I was chasing after. It wasn't until I allowed God to take the wheel and rededicated my life to him that my life turned around. He proved to me that this verse is true, that he did have a plan for my life. And if we'll allow him to have his will. You see, are you paying attention this morning? Are you listening up? This is where you really want to listen. If we'll allow him to have his will and not just our will, that's where things can take a turn. That's where his plan can take precedence. That's where his plan can work out. His plan is to prosper us and not to harm us, to give us a hope and a future. And if we choose to submit to his will for our lives, we can watch his plan unfold. We can choose to submit to his will for our lives and watch his plan unfold, or we can continue to seize that steering wheel tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter and just hope that maybe just somehow things will turn out. I don't know about you, but I need to allow God to have control of my life. The moment I begin to think that I can control my own life is the moment I remember that I can't even breathe without God. Did you hear that? The moment I begin to think I can control everything is the moment I remember that I can't even breathe apart from the grace of God in my life. I'm going to do an exercise with you here this morning. I need you to maybe warm up just a little bit. I'm going to get you to take a deep breath and hold it in. So not yet, not yet. I see some of you already. You're there. Don't hold it in yet. Get ready. Get ready. Okay, one deep breath. Hold it in, and you're not allowed to let it out until you thank God for that very breath. And remember that it is Him who gives us the very breath of life. You think you can control life on your own apart from looking to Him? The fact is we can't even breathe apart from him. 
When I was looking for a wife years and years and years ago, 20-some years ago, that things weren't... old. Yeah, it was a while ago. Things weren't going really well. Can I get an amen, some of you? I finally realized that this whole marriage thing and this whole thing about looking for a wife to spend eternity with, to spend a long, long time with, <laughs> was, a, was a big decision, a big decision. I could barely decide what I wanted for lunch, let alone decide who was best for me, for my life. I finally realized that it was too big a decision, and if it was just left up to me, I'd probably screw it up. So I gave it over to God. I believed that God had a plan for my life, and therefore I trusted that he would find me a wife someday that was just right for me, and so I gave that decision over to him. I stopped looking, and I said, God, when you find the right one for me, you're just going to have to drop her in my lap, because I want no part of that decision. It's too big for me. Long story short, he did just that. And I have three beautiful daughters and a beautiful wife and a 21-year anniversary last month to prove it. Thanks, Shirley. That was God's decision. Blame him. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Trust in him, lean on him, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. He will work out his plan for your life. He's a good God, and he can be trusted. Give him a chance to work out his miracles. We wanted you to know that today, that God does have a plan for your life, that you're special, and that he's got a plan, and he's got something else to say to us this morning as well. So if you choose to believe that you are God's masterpiece. Oh, well, we're a little slow. Let's work on it again. Are you guys, are you guys ready? Get your fingers up and ready to roll. That you are God's masterpiece. So if you choose to believe that you are God's masterpiece, and you choose to believe that God has a purpose and a plan for your life, whether he's let you in on it yet or not, then you have another big choice to make. And this is the last thing that we were, wanted to share with you of things that we have done as a family to place God's center of our life in our family. It's very intentional and it's actually quite strategic that we have done. Because we have intentionally found people that can have a positive influence in our family's life. So surrounding ourselves with the right people. Because it says in, Proverbs 12 and 6, the righteous person is cautious in his friendships, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. Or in Proverbs 13, 20, it says, the one who associates with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools harm. So be choosy. Be intentional, because you are God's masterpiece, worthy of these choices. Jeff and I have found some amazing people to surround ourselves with, God has brought to us, and who have mentored us, and they have specifically even mentored our kids and us as a family as a whole, voices besides our own speaking into our lives and lives of our children and our family. Those of our peers, voices of, that are older, voices that are younger, Widen your circle to make room for those 
that make you better. Because that is, as it says in Proverbs 17, 27, is iron sharpens iron, so a person sharpens his friend. So get smart. Walk with these right people. Because wise friends are a guide for our lives, and you become better because of them. They help us to draw closer to God. They help us to walk that purpose and the plan that God has for us. And they help to instill in us that we are God's masterpiece. They press you to become more like him and a better you. And we are thankful for specific amazing people that God has allowed us to surround our family and friends with. And the rewards have been amazing. And even, so I thank Charlene Gibson and Rachel Rogers, Melissa Campbell Painter, Tracy Corvett, the Sori family, the Burton family, the Moore family, the Elliott family, people from over in other cities, past relationships of people who have made us who we are today. And we are thankful that God has brought them to us as we have tried to surround ourselves with the right people. Because do you know what? It is super easy just to hang out with anybody or nobody at all. Hmm. It takes sacrifice, it takes planning, it takes effort to make that happen. But the value that comes from that is amazing. And God has taken that and poured that into our lives and our family as we've made him at the center. The people that you currently surround, so who are you surrounded with at the moment? If you stop and think who you surround yourself at the moment, are these people helping you to be who God called you to be? So be intentional, be wise. And as you head into this school year, a new year maybe of friends, remember that as God's masterpiece, you are worthy of choosing wisely who you will surround yourself with. He has called you to follow him and his plans for your life. And by choosing your friends wisely, it is one of the most important decisions that you will make both as a young person, as a kid, and as an adult. God has revealed through scripture some very, very important things here for us today. First of all, that we're special. Secondly, that he has a plan for you. And thirdly, he's encouraged you to surround yourself with the right people. But now it's up to you. Will you choose to believe that you're nothing and that you're nothing special whatsoever? Or will you choose to believe God's words that says you are very unique, that you are a masterpiece, and that he wants to work a perfect plan for your life? Will you choose to believe that or will you choose to believe the lies of this world and the lies of the devil himself? Today, will you choose to begin to maybe surround yourself with some different people? Some people that will help you along your spiritual journey. Sometimes it's easier, like Liz said, to be alone. Or to surround ourselves with the people that are just fun. They're not the best influence, but boy, they're fun to hang out with. As young people and as older people today, we got to be very careful in who we surround ourselves with. Today I've been 
reminded of these things. I've also been reminded these last number of days that life is short. My girls are off to university and one's just a couple of years away. Two of my older ones are gone. And literally when they're gone, they're gone. Like when I left Lexi this time in Indiana, it really hit me that everything leading up to talking about and preparing for and all the papers and stuff for going to school in the U.S. and all that stuff, that's all done and the big two-week travel to get there, that's all done. The trip is almost over. But when we close that door and say goodbye, it's over. Life changes. That whole 17 years leading up to that moment, it changes. And I think back to when they were just like this. You realize that life is short. Are you living that way? Are you living like today is precious? Or are you living like you have all the time in the world to get things right? With your life, or maybe with your family? We're reminded today through a video that life is short. Watch along with us. So glad this first day of school is almost over. I don't know why I dread it so much. Maybe it's because it marks the passing of time. Kind of like those pencil marks on the wall next to the fridge. Kids' names and heights on them. Stupid pencil marks. Do you remember a very tearful late night conversation we had when Rachel was a newborn? you what your thinking was behind babies needing to be fed every two hours. Wasn't that just yesterday? first day when I finally got both kids in school. <laughs> I think I tap danced past a tearful mom clinging to her kindergartner. <laughs> you know, thinking back, it's probably a little inappropriate. Okay, it was a lot inappropriate, but I didn't care. I was so excited about my newfound freedom. different now. Summers seem to be getting shorter and shorter and I wonder, did I make the most of the time that I spent with them? Did I say the right things? Did I say too much? Did I say too little? Were they even listening to the things that I did say? But you knew, Lord. You knew that in the blink of an eye, the car seats would be gone, and those pencil marks would be all the way up to the freezer. I want more first days, a lot more, but I know, I know, they're mine for just a moment, yours for eternity. Fill in 
the gaps of the things that I forgot to say because I was too busy or too distracted. That would be great. That would be really, really great. Hey mom, can I drive today? Because I really need the bike to drive in because today I'm driving Don't forget, life is short. Make the best of it. We've spoken some things directly to you today, but at this time, we're going to speak to God on your behalf this morning. So I'm going to ask Pastor Bradford if he would come over. And In a minute, we're going to do. So what, what I want to do first, come on over, Bradford. And what we're going to do this morning, we want to tell you how important prayer is in our lives, right? And um, Kids World, actually, is, this today is kicking off what we call a year of prayer for our kids. And each week we're gonna create these pocket cards for you to pick up at the info booth or the Kids World Registration Desk. And each week is a different prayer for you to pray into your kids' lives, young and old. And we know that prayer is important. Prayer is important for our kids. And actually even this morning, prayer is important for our educators. So if right now, if you are associated with the school system in any way, if you are teachers, teachers assistants, librarians, coaches, bus drivers, admin, if you are, we would love for you to come down here and gather here at the front. And it always happens to be someone's gotta break the mold and move forward. Thank you. Thank you, break the mold. So why don't we thank every of these people? Yeah, yeah, come on. Let's hand clap for these who serve our students every week. Amen, amen. Come on down, come on down, come on down. On behalf of Moncton Wesleyan Church, we want to say thank you for all that you do in uh, the lives that you lay down to love students and to teach students and to mold students. And so church, would you pray with me right now for our teachers and our professionals? Heavenly Father God, we thank you. We thank you for teachers and coaches and the people in our lives that teach us and that show us what learning means and, and that lay down their lives so that we can know more about the world that you created. Father, we ask God that you would bless these teachers, that you would bless these coaches, that you would bless these professionals, that as they start school this week, that you would empower them and that you would enable them by your grace and by your strength. Lord, we know the the scenarios and the things that they have to deal with every day in the classroom. Most are students from homes that are hard, and most are students that have a hard time learning, and it is sometimes exhausting, and, and it drains them. And so, God, we pray that you would be their strength. God, I pray that you would just reveal yourself to these students through these teachers, that as, as students see them and meet them and talk to them, that they would see Jesus, that they would see the beauty of God. And so, God, we pray your blessing upon them. We pray for your wisdom. We pray for your discernment. And we pray for great grace upon them all. And so we bless them in the name of the Father 
and of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we all said, amen, 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 amen. Yes, yes, come on, give that. Don't, don't leave, though. Don't leave. Don't leave. If you would. So now we have a job for you. Uh, it's time to take care of some kids, okay? So what we're going to do is ask you to slide out and kind of like go all the way wide. Come closer to the stage and go all the way wide because you're going to help us contain the children that are going to come, okay? Uh, and you're going to have an opportunity to lay a hand on, uh, on the shoulder of students who come forward. And so all the kids in the room, now parents, if you need to come with your child, that's okay. We'll send them back to their seat as soon as the prayer is done during the closing song. But, uh, but if, if it's okay with them to, for them to come by themselves, this is the time. So come on down. Uh, children from young all the way up through, uh, through high school, and even if you would like a prayer going back to university. But we want to pray for all of our students in the room today. Go ahead and come on down. And we have a gift for you as well. Oh, look, right here. She's handing out uh, tags. And so give these up yeah, to the kids as they come forward. We have backpack tags for the children who would like one. So you can grab one in the bucket as you come forward. Oh, this is so good. The balcony is emptying out. Look at this. Come on now. Fantastic. Let's, and some as you come, let's head back over this direction because we're filling up on this side. And so we've got students streaming down on both sides. Oh, that is fantastic. We are so grateful. Go ahead and push on in. Come around so we have room. good is this? Woo! Oh my goodness. And so what I want to do is ask everyone who is still out in the room, would you put your hand forward as a sign of support as you pray with us together today? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this, the generation that you are raising up here in Canada. Lord, we need young people who are going to share the light of Jesus with their friends, who are going to be an encouragement to those who are discouraged, who are going to bring hope to those who are lost, who are going to shine light into the dark places in our world. Lord, we know that you have brought them into this world for such a time as this, that you have a plan and a purpose for their lives. And so, Lord, Lord, we pray that they would feel your blessing this week as they head out into their schools here in Moncton and, and Dieppe and Riverview and Shediac and beyond all throughout our region, every school that is represented here in this place. Lord, we pray your protection over your children. We pray that you would give them wisdom to make good decisions.
visions and open their minds to learning, to be educated so that they can be prepared to reach their full potential for that which you have called them to accomplish in this world. And all God's people say together, amen, amen, amen. Thank you so much. You can head back to your seats, find your parents. Please find your parents. And everybody else, let's stand to our feet and declare the goodness of God. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. This is our declaration that He is worthy, that He alone can do in our lives what we need.